0: Thank you so much for joining us today at Our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about Our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Well, today we are going to hop into a a brief message that I have uh, uh, on the topic of water baptism. Raise your hand if you've been water baptized before. Lord, have mercy. Look at that. That's awesome. Well, some of you may you, you may come to the conclusion today that you need to get uh, re-baptized. As a matter of fact, I, I was baptized three times. The third time, I finally got it right. First two times, I had no idea what I was doing. Raise your hand if you've been baptized several times. Just be, be honest. If you lie, you go straight to In Church. Come on, see your hand. Come on, just be honest. Yeah, okay. Well, it took me several times to get it right. Third time, I finally got it right, got baptized. It was one of the most meaningful things I'd ever done in my Christian life. Life in my Christian walk. And so, before I get to all the details of what this is all about, first of all, just to remind you guys, we've been working through this message series from the book of Acts. And I hope you guys have been enjoying it. Uh, I trust that you have because you're back today. You've been coming back every Sunday. And what we've seen every single Sunday in this study is we've seen men and women, Jews, Gentiles, all kinds of people getting radically saved. I mean, like radically transformed. And how many of y'all know that's what Jesus does? He radically transforms us. Raise your hand if you've been radically transformed by the power of the cross and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me see your hand. up. put your other hand together if you're thankful that Jesus did it in your life. You're thankful that he did it. So God is in the business of changing us. He is in the business of transforming us. And so that's what we've seen in our own lives. I've seen it in your lives. And it's so incredible, not just to see it on the pages of scripture, but to see it in people's lives. I mean, real life, I mean, scenarios unfolding before us, people who are turning from darkness to the light, people who are turning from guilt to Total, full pardon and forgiveness. There's nothing like being pardoned. There's nothing like being free by the blood of Jesus. I mean, y'all know what I'm talking about. That that when the the sun sets you free, come on, y'all, we're free. What? We're free indeed, and man, it feels so good as Trey led us today. I'm, I'm, I'm back there, and I'm, I'm just watching y'all raise your hand, and what a sweet moment we had together, just declaring our freedom in Jesus. So we've seen this in, in our own community. We've seen this, of course, through the book of Acts. Uh, we've seen countless people get saved, get born again, filled with the Spirit and much more. But here's what I want to show you today. In our study through the book of Acts, if you've been paying attention There is one particular thing that virtually every believer did right after he or she got saved, and that was what? They got baptized. And I hope you've seen that in our study. I hope you've paid attention to this truth, because check it out. Oftentimes today, people get saved, get born again, raise their hand here on Sunday or maybe in a discipleship group, and then wait for weeks, months, sometimes years to get baptized, but what I want you to see is that in the early church, they got saved, and then immediately, immediately, they went into the what? They went into the water. I mean, think about this with me. There was no catechism class. Raise your hand if you went to catechism. Pretty much the whole church. I figured. Well, what's wrong with y'all? I'm just teasing. <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, a lot of us went to catechism class, and, and then, you know, in, in Baptist circles, you know, you have to go through a lot of membership and a lot of training. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, okay? We need to teach and train. That's what I'm doing today, okay? But, but typically, what I've seen in my experience before I came here is that a lot of people, that get saved, and then they wait. They wait. And, and I'm like, why, why are you waiting to get baptized You are qualified. If you're born again, if you're set free by the blood of Jesus, by the power of the Spirit, you are qualified to get in the water. And so in the book of Acts, we see people getting saved and immediately they they get in the water. For example, in Acts 2, Peter, he preached his his first big sermon, 3,000 people Get saved and that's just the, the men, if you add the, the women and, and the young people. I mean, we're talking about thousands more get radically saved, and immediately they go into the water. In Acts 8:12, the Samaritans believe the good news. They were baptized. In Acts 8:38, Philip baptized the Ethiopian eunuch after he believed. Uh, in Acts 9:18, the Bible says that Saul, whom we also call Paul was baptized in Acts 10.48. Peter preaches the word to some non-Jews, and they believed, and then they were what? Baptist. Are y'all seeing the pattern? You can't read minds, but you can read patterns. There's a pattern in the book of Acts. And so here's what I want you to see. The book of Acts indicates that baptism was a very important act in the early church. As a matter of fact, it was their next steps. As soon as they got saved, they were in into the water. Now, I think y'all got that. Let, let me ask a simple question, and then I'm going to give a relatively simple answer. Here, here's the question: What does it mean? Like, really, what does it mean to get water baptized? What does it really mean? Now, I think all of us here know, we, you see the tub here. It's about 90 degrees we got bubbling for you. It's going to be good for y'all later. Nice and warm and comfortable. All right? I think y'all know when I say baptism or I say we're going to get baptized, you all understand what that means, don't you? You do. Okay? But, like, let me go a little bit deeper. Y'all know I can't help myself. Let me go a little bit deeper. Okay? What does it mean, like, really for you to get baptized? Because, see... I had no idea really what it meant to get baptized. That's why it took me so many times to get it right. I had no real clue what it meant until someone explained to me what it meant to be uh, born again, saved and then baptized in that order. Okay? What does it mean to get baptized? Well, the Greek term here is baptizo, and this term means very simply to dip. Say it with me. To to Or Yeah, let me say it again. To dip, plunge, wash, or submerge. Now, when we hear this term baptize or baptism, you know, we we think in religious terms, as mentioned. We think of the the water here. We think of the celebration is going to take place here in about 30 minutes. That's what we think of. But let me take you on just a, a quick journey. This term baptizo actually appears in the Gospels in a different context, having nothing to do with what you're about to see. For example, in Mark chapter 7, 1-4, through 4, listen carefully, here's what Mark tells us. Now when the Pharisees gathered to Him, that is Jesus, with some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem, they saw that some of His disciples ate with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. Now follow this carefully, verse 3, parenthetically. For the Pharisees and all the Jews, watch this, for the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they, what? Wash their hands properly, holding to the tradition of the elders. Verse 4. And when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they what? Now, the word underneath the English here is baptizo. Let me read it again. And when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they baptizo. Unless they, what's the definition? Dip, plunge, wash, or what? What? Submerged. So the word translated here is what? It's wash. Okay, wash. So let me read it again. And when they come to the marketplace, they do not eat unless they they wash. Yeah. Okay. So that's the term. So and there are many other traditions that they observe, such as the there's that term again, the washing of cups and pots and copper vessels and so forth. Okay, that's Mark chapter seven verses one through four. Let me give you one more. In Luke chapter 11, verse 38, the Bible says this. The Pharisees were astonished to see that He, that is Jesus, did not first, what? Wash, wash before what? Before dinner. The same term, baptism, right there in Luke eleven thirty-eight, 38, from the Greek, translated into English as what? As wash. So I'm teaching y'all today. So to baptize means to dip, plunge, wash, or submerged. Are y'all getting the picture? But in the Gospels, at least in these contexts, it wasn't about people going underwater for religious purposes. I mean, we're getting down to just the basics of life. Come on, ladies. How many of y'all know one of the most spiritual, practical, beneficial things that your husband can do for you is to baptize the dishes? (laughs) Let's make it real practical. Pastor Scott, break it down. Okay, let me break it down. Listen, we, we have baptisms Every day at the Adams house, we baptize our four-year-old in the water, in the bathtub, and just to be clear, not for religious purposes, I think we're all on the same page, every time we give her a bath, come on y'all, that's baptizo, because baptizo means to what? To dip? Say it with me. Plunge? Plunge? (laughs) Yeah, 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 y'all get it. So every time I wash the dishes, I'm baptizo, wash the dishes to dip, plunge, wash, submerge. That's one of the most beneficial things I can do for my wife. Can I get an amen, ladies? Is that minister to y'all when your husband steps up and baptizos, I just made up a word, the dishes. Does that help any ladies? Okay, well, I don't do it all the time, but when I do, it blesses my wife. But but I want you to see, that this is the way the term is used in, in a different context. Not that type, but the type I've just described. Now, when I use this term, when the Bible uses this term in the book of Acts, of course... We're not referring to the washing of dishes or one's hands. Y'all know since uh, since the pandemic, I mean, people, Lord have mercy. I mean, they're up in the bathroom like surgeons scrubbing them hands, with them, you, know, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, like cleanliness is at another level, okay? Well, when, when, when we use this term and we see this term in Acts, that's not what we're talking about. Obviously, it has a different meaning. It has a different application. But I want you to hold this term wash in your mind as I give you these two quick points what does baptism mean for believers in Jesus Christ if you're taking notes write this down I'm going to go quick and then we're going to get in the water number one baptism is the outward demonstration of your inward transformation it is the outward demonstration of your say with me So it's you declaring publicly what God has done inwardly and spiritually. It's you going before the world. I mean, you begin with the church, but the moment you post your pictures on Facebook, it's going to the world. It's you saying, God has done a work in my life, in my heart, in my mind, and I want everyone to know about it. Because how many of you all know Christianity is not a private thing? At least it should not be a private thing. It certainly was not a private thing in the book of Acts. Because the moment people got saved, they went into the water and it was basically them saying, The sun has set me free and I want the world to know about it. Yeah. For starters, at the basic elementary level, that's what baptism really is all about. But let's get more specific. In 1 Corinthians 6, 9, 11, this is not a baptism text, but it illustrates the point, so let me preach it. Paul says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Now, this is going to be some bad news first, and we'll get to the good news, but he says this. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Did you hear that? Verse eleven, and such were some of you. L- l- let me say it here. And such were some of you. Right. You with me? Yeah. And such were some of y'all. And such were y'all. Understand? Listen to what he says. This was the case, but you were you were washed. You were that way. You were born that way. People say, so I was born that You were born that way. But, but but you were washed. You were cleansed. Listen to what he says. This is Paul. Don't get mad at me. This is Paul. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. But you were changed. But you were cleansed. You were nasty, and you knew it. But now you are freed. Now you are forgiven. Now you are pardoned. Now you are full of God. Now you have a hope and a future. Now you've got God. Now, now, because of that, now we have a reason to rejoice. Are you all with me today? But now, but, but, but now you were these things, but, but now. So, Paul says this in Titus 3, 4, and 6. But when the goodness and the loving kindness of our uh, of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. So check it out. When you get baptized, you're going to go into the water. And the water should remind you of the blood of Jesus Christ that makes you clean. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make you whole again? No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter how many times you said, I'll never do that again, and you did it again. What can make you free? What can make you whole again? There's no program in this world. There's, no, there's nothing that man can do for you to make you whole. There's only one man. It's the God-man, Jesus, who came from heaven to the earth to break the yoke, to cancel the curse, to make you free. And so all the credit goes to him. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So when you get water baptized today, it's the symbolic portrayal of what Jesus has done in your life. Because the water doesn't cleanse you, does it? The water doesn't cleanse you. It's the blood that cleanses you. It's not the water, but it's the Word. It's not the water, but according to Titus, it's the Spirit of God. It's God who cleanses you and me. But God's real creative. And I don't know how... all the details of how God inspired men to write this and come up with this. But it's almost like you know today we're thinking about... what will illustrate this cleansing that we have in Jesus? Well, I think baptism is a very, very powerful symbol. Because check it out. When you go down today... We're going to take you all the way under. And we're going to hold some of y'all for a little while. (laughs) Because some of y'all need that. (laughs) Symbolic of the, watch, full pardon that you have in Jesus. So, Pastor Scott, how do y'all baptize? In water, full immersion. And we're not mad about it. In other words, we're not trying to fight other people who sprinkle and do other things. We just see in the book of Acts... That the model is in water, fully immersed. Baptism means to dip, plunge, wash, or all those different words Yeah, We're going to immerse you because that's what took place, we believe, all through the book of Acts, all through the New Testament, for believing individuals. I want to talk about that more in just a second. So who's qualified to get baptized? I'll, I'll talk about that more in just a second. But we're going to take you all the way under. And, and, and when you go under today, I want you to think about these words that I'm speaking right now. You going all the way under, being held for a second, is a picture of your full redemption in Jesus. It's a picture of your full, total cleansing in Jesus. And I want you who are watching to get fired up because if you've already gone through it, you know how powerful this moment is for people to go through this (laughs) symbolic demonstration, this outward demonstration of this inward, spiritual, powerful reality. Are y'all with me? So, number one, it's a demonstration. It's a demonstration, an outward demonstration of your inward transformation. And is isn't true that Jesus transformed you the moment you said yes to Him and you started following Him. But isn't it also true that He's continuing to do that work in our lives? He's continuing to baptize you, in a sense, by His presence. Come on, with His Spirit to change you and to purge you. Come on, y'all, it's a lifelong process of Him making us new. And by the way, you get saved and you get forgiven and you get justified. All that's great initially, but after that, how many of y'all know we all blow it after we get saved? Did anybody blow it after you got saved? Aren't you glad that there is a fountain of forgiveness provided for you every day of your life? First John says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to purify, us to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, even as a believer, you can get up and you can throw yourself on the mercy of Jesus Christ and he will forgive you. He will pardon you and make you clean once again. Good news, huh, y'all? Yeah, it is. So number, number, number one, baptism is this outward demonstration. Number two, we're almost done. And like, I mean that. Now, almost can mean several things, just like baptism can mean several things. Uh, let me speed up here. So, baptism is like—everybody say like. like. One more time, like. like. Baptism is, for our purposes, the way I describe it, like a funeral service for the old you, and like a wedding ceremony for the new you. Y'all like that? That's what it's like. Paul doesn't say that in those words. It's just my way of describing what he's written. So when you got saved, when you said yes to Jesus, and you repented of your sins, and you truly believed in him, you died with Christ. Paul says, I have been crucified. With Christ. No longer I who live, but who lives? Christ in Paul. The moment you got saved, the Adamic nature, Adam, and all that's been passed down, that whole curse was reversed. When you got saved, the curse of Adam was paid for on the cross of Jesus Christ. The old you died. And when you get baptized, it's the public portrayal of your union with Christ. Let me say that one more time. When you get saved, you are united with Christ. You are in union with him. When you said yes to him You experienced with him Death Burial And a resurrection So when I got saved got all this straight in my head About what baptism meant I went before the church A crowd about the size Had a baptismal deal behind the stage And I went up, and I went in the water as a fully pardoned, fully forgiven Christian. Went into the water, went down to the water, came up out, then left that place, and I just felt lighter. And I know it's not ultimately about our feelings, but the Lord did something supernatural in my life when I went into the water and came out. He just did. Went back to my friends, still hanging out with some kind of shady people. And the question was, Pastor Scott at that time, Scott, what happened to you? We missed the old you. We, we missed the, the old you, you know, the you that would go to the bar in Nashville with us. We missed that, that you. We, what, what happened to the old you? What happened to the old you who would do something religious and then be back in the car heading to Panama City with your friends a week later? What happened to the old you, the uncommitted you? What happened to that you? We want that guy back. You're going to have people in your life like that. They're going to want the old you back. You know what my response was? The old me died the moment that I came to Christ. He's dead. And just to make sure that everybody knows that he's dead, I, I got baptized at the church at the corner of Old Hickory and Granny White in Brentwood, Tennessee. And if you want to go talk to the old Scott, he's floating dead in the baptismal tank there. Normally at a funeral service, what do we do? Well, we celebrate the person, their life. And of course, what do we do? We mourn, don't we? That's what you do at funeral services, right? Are y'all with me? But today is kind of like a funeral service for the old you. But you're not here to mourn. You're here to rejoice. Because the old you, y'all, the old you is dead. So you go up today and you're going to publicly testify to his death. When you go under, but then we're going to do what? (laughs) Y'all, we're going to bring you up. And when you come up out of the water, that's symbolic of the power of God that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Because how many of y'all know Jesus was buried but he came back to life on the third day. How many of y'all know you were buried with Christ, you died with Christ, but today you're going to come back up when you come up out of the water that's symbolic of your resurrection overcoming life in him. So we're going to take you down. Burial take you down death we're going to bring you up resurrection come on y'all where do you get the power to overcome in this world where do you get the power to defeat sin where do you get the power to defeat the powers of darkness there's only one place and it's found in relationship with Jesus Christ by the blood of the lamb by the word of our testimony by the firmness of our stance by the Holy Spirit in us come on y'all let's live with resurrection power those who've come up today, let's applaud them. Let's applaud the Spirit of God raising them. So, baptism is like a funeral service on one hand, but it's like a wedding ceremony on the other. And y'all have heard my story, I won't go through the whole thing, but in December of 2003, I flew my wife, at that time fiance Kelly, to New York City. Y'all remember the story? Central Park, snow on the ground, bouquet of flowers, big old ring, I'm still paying for it. No, it's recently paid off. Engagement ring, horse drawn buggy ride through Central Park. And the only ones in that park were just well, the horses the driver and us we get down from that buggy I get down on one knee and I place that big old ring on her finger and ask her will you marry me y'all know what she said you know what she said (laughs) yeah you know she did the whole thing how many y'all know I did good on that trip I did good what could she say right it was one thing but watch this it was one thing for me to in a sense commit to her privately but it's a whole different thing for me to show up for us to show up on may 14th of the next year and to go public with our commitment oh man you're talking about how much you love the girl you're going to marry in private that's good but she knows you mean business when you make the commitment to go public and put that ring on her fi- and finger in front of all to see. How I many of y'all know that's another level? And so many of you here, of course, this is public, but at the end of a service or maybe in your discipleship group, you raise your hand said, say, yes, I want to follow Jesus. I want to follow him for the rest of my life. And you made that decision. But you've never gone public with that commitment. Well today when you get in the water it's like the wedding ceremony of you saying He is mine I am His I am held in the palm of His hand in the grip of God's grace I am one with God forever because of Jesus Christ. And I want the church to know about it. And I want the world to know about it. So today you're going to in a sense put ring on as you go public. So with that said, who, who, who here is willing to be baptized? You don't have to raise your hand just yet, but some of you are wondering, well, I think I want to be, I know I should be because the Bible says so, but what is the qualification to get baptized? I'm glad you asked. Peter tells us in Acts 2 38, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So notice the order. Repent, turn around. You were you were going the wrong way. You were chasing sin, you're in addiction, you're in darkness, chasing the things of this world. When you repent, you are changing your mind, you're changing your direction, and now now if you've repented, you are pursuing Jesus. That's the qualification. Then he says, be baptized as this public symbol, this outward demonstration of what God has done inwardly. And listen to me carefully. You do not get baptized to become a Christian. You get baptized because you are a Christian. And if you get that order wrong, you got it all messed up. You get the gospel wrong. You get baptized not to work your way or to prove your way. Thank God that Jesus did all the work for us, for our redemption when he died on that, on that cross. And now we are recipients of that blessing now and forevermore. And so when you get in that water today, you're just going to celebrate. As the old folks say, like it's 1999. Y'all remember that? And I want to give you an opportunity right now. I don't want to manipulate. I don't want to pressure you. The music can go up here in just a second. It's not about, this is about inward conviction from the scriptures. It's not about Pastor Scott's phraseology, wedding, funeral. I'm just trying to open up windows to shed lights for you to understand. But I want you to do this because you see it in the Bible before we even talk about this any longer I want you right now, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the gospel because some of you have been coming to church for a while some of you are new and you haven't been, you're new to all this but you don't have a, a relationship with God through Jesus Christ and if you don't begin one, you're going to be lost eternally We're all one breath away from eternity. And I don't want any of you to be lost for eternity, first thing. But it's not just about what happens when you die, it's about what happens if God lets you live four more decades. You can have all the things of this world, but if you don't have Christ in this world, you have nothing. It's not just about what happens when I die. It's what happens when I walk out those doors and I live. Like, what am I going to do with my life? Die. Die to yourself. Live for him. When you die to yourself, you find the life of God. And I promise when you taste and you see that God is good, everything else will make you sick. It's just the truth. And so right now, I want you to bow your heads. And I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the gospel. To respond to Jesus, to respond to His Word. And with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, I want you to listen to me carefully. It doesn't matter how long you've been coming to church. It doesn't matter if you've been baptized before, christened. It doesn't matter. Right now, I want you to think about your own heart and your own life. And the question is have you ever truly stopped to say, Jesus, I believe in you? I believe every word that you spoke is true. Have you ever had a moment, I'm asking you, as your, as your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, have you ever had that moment when you repented of your sins and said, God, I'm sorry for the darkness. I'm sorry for this broken life, this sinful life I've lived. Have you ever had that moment when you realize who God is and who you are apart from Him? Have you ever had that moment where you repented and placed all your faith in Him? If you haven't, you can right now. If you've never done that, if you've never placed your faith in Jesus, if you never had that initial repentance, it's one of many to come, if that's never happened, today you can respond in faith to the Father through Jesus Christ. Today you can have faith in Jesus. He will forgive your sin. The Holy Spirit will cleanse you. Your guilt will be removed. But the greatest thing of all is that you'll be united with God forever and nothing will snatch you or take you out of His hand. And so with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, here today say, Pastor Scott, I want to get saved. I want to be cleansed. I want God. I want him. If that's you, every eye closed, every head bowed. I want you to slip your up uh, your hand up on the count of three. One, two, three. If that's you, say that's me, Pastor Scott. I, I want, I want him today. I want, I want him today. If that's you, slip up your hand. If that's your Just raise your hand and you really believe Jesus. Right now, cast all your cares, all your sins upon Him. Right now, know He loves you, He cares for you. The Father is forgiving you for everything you've done through Jesus as you place your faith in Him. But right now, I'm going to give you a prayer. It's really a declaration. It's a theological declaration that verbalizes, I believe, what's going on in your heart right now. Because see, in the early church, they didn't just privately raise their hand. They they publicly confess some things. And so if you had your hand lifted, this is for you. And I want you to say this with me if you really mean business with God today. And come on, Midtown, I want you to say this with us like it was the first time you said. I want you to say it with passion. Let's confess this together. Say this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God and I believe that on the cross you took my sin my shame and my guilt and you died for me say this and I believe you rose from death to give me a place in heaven purpose on earth in relationship with your father say this with me today Lord Jesus I repent I turn from darkness I turn from sin to follow you with all my heart, no matter what it costs me. And I declare that based on Jesus' finished work and my profession of faith, that I'm a born again, blood-bought, spirit-filled, child of living God. And it's in Jesus' incredible name. And everyone said, amen.